Right now, though, taking some calls and, and dishing some opinions on the commanders and uh, the free agent market, which is now, according to multiple reports, going to be pretty running back heavy. Um, we saw T. Higgins get the tag in Cincinnati on the wide receiver side of it, but for running backs, no tag for Saquon Barkley, no tag for Josh Jacobs, no tag for Derrick Henry. All three of those premier running backs will become free agents. And my initial thought is no way would I go and spend any kind of significant money on any of those three players. And then I thought about it a little bit more. And this is where I would like to, uh, you know, throw out what I'm thinking and then get your feedback on it at 301-230-0980. That's how this whole radio shenanigan wor- or shenanigans works. Um, Washington is going to likely draft a quarterback at number two overall. Their roster has significant holes in it. There are some positions where I think those holes can be filled very well in free agency. There are a couple of tackles and guards that I'm interested in. There are a couple of safeties that I'm interested in, one of whom is Cam Curl, but there's other guys that I think I like better and would prefer to just spend a little bit of extra money on someone else that are long-term building blocks. This guy is going to be here when this team is competing hopefully three years from now, for a championship. That is the goal, right? You nail this quarterback pick. By year three, he's, like, ready to rumble. You got dudes all over the field. You know, Quan is developed. Forbes is developed. You've drafted a couple of other classes worth of guys. Like, all this stuff comes together, and boom, you hit the ground running. But I think, in the meantime, you want to make sure that you build an environment that incubates that quarterback, where they know that they've got something they can rely on. And if I am a young quarterback and 20 times a game, I can turn around and I can go, Derrick Henry, here's the football. That makes me feel good inside. And that is going to make my job easier. We're going to be on schedule more. Um, It's also going to make my line better. It's probably going to entice my play caller and Cliff Kingsbury to run the ball a little bit more uh, than he otherwise might and protect me. And look, I like Brian Robinson a lot, but it's running back in the NFL. And if you can get more, that's great. Let's let's get more. Chris Rodriguez, I like a lot as well. Um, there's There's definitely things to like. And I think if I was trying to build like a well-rounded team, a scat back third down type is probably the better fit. Ironically, Antonio Gibson's probably on his way out the door and could in some ways fill that as a former college receiver, as you all know. But would Derrick Henry be appealing? Sure. Would, as a downhill runner and kind of a gap scheme system that Cliff used to run in Arizona, like James Conner style? Yeah, that Derrick Henry's appealing. Um, is Josh Jacobs appealing in that same system? Yeah. Is Saquon appealing? Because Saquon's one of the freakiest football players, like best just overall. What's your position? Football player, sir. Um, guys that you could have in the league as, a, as an outlet out of the backfield, as a guy who can hit you home runs from anywhere? Yeah, like I'm interested. I think I agree with Phillips. Uh, you know, he made a good point when he was just on with us that Saquon, because of his age and because of his style, probably requires a little bit more of a long-term commitment. But if you can pay a lot of money for one or maybe even two 
years worth of any of these guys, and you can get away with that contract, the shorter, fatter contract that doesn't tie you up long-term, I can't say I'm not interested in the name of giving the quarterback uh, a binky, a blanky, a big, giant, 220-pound NFL running back that can smash people's faces and make his job easier. What say you? 301-230-0980. And, of course, uh, if you want to have any other position that you think is worth spending money on, by all means, hit us. Uh, Let's start off with the JYD Junkyard Dog with us here on the Hoffman Show. JYD, what up, man? How you doing, my man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Appreciate your call. What you got on this uh, this free agency situation for us? Well, free agency, I would, I, w- I, I wouldn't spend any money on on Derrick Henry. I, I just don't like thirty year old quarterbacks who will soon to be thirty one. And I, I and uh, so the only the only running back that I would be interested in would be Jacobs. Yeah, no, I, I, think I, think, I think he's actually, the, in some ways, the most interesting of the bunch. Saquon's had all these injury issues. Jacobs gives you the downhill banger that Henry is, but in a much younger body. And a guy who's kind of, I think, been underutilized. I mean, he had a one big, heavy carry season, but last year I don't even think he accumulated that many carries. But, I mean, I mean if, I had, if, I had, if I had to do that, I, I would go after, after Jacobs, but... If I if 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 I if I'm if I'm if I'm hierarchy of, of, of a team, I would be saying to myself, if I actually need a running back, why not why not get one from the draft? Well, of course that's an option, right? And this, this is kind of you know the, this draft class in JYD. Appreciate your call as always. Like this draft class is kind of a weird one at running back. I'd say a lot of folks nationally are doubt on it. Logan and I actually spent a little time on this on take command that we recorded today. Uh, it'll be out first thing tomorrow in your podcast feeds, but like this is a draft that doesn't have the Bijan. It doesn't have the Saquon. It doesn't have a top stud running back, but it's got a kind of a running back third round range. Any, any kind that you like, it's got the bruisers. It's got the, Whatever, but like if you're or the scat backs, the third down guys, but if you are trying to incubate a young quarterback, what is going to give that quarterback more confidence? A fellow rookie or a dude who's had 2,000 yard seasons in the league? And that's, I think, the appeal of potentially spending some money because at the end of the day, like this, this free agent class, especially if Brian Burns gets tagged. There's just not a lot like you. Of course, you can spend money. You can bring back Cam Curl and I would almost do it on the tag. Like I'm not I I don't know that I want to commit to him long term until I see him in this defense. Now, does it raise the price for him next year? Potentially, but it doesn't commit you long term. You know, we talk about bringing Kendall Fuller back. Like, what does that mean? Back to is there some like is there some benefits of incumbency in terms of they've played together before and there's there's communication that has happened and you know he's a, a good vet who knows some of these guys. Sure, but it's a new system. So, like, I would I would score more points for an incumbency if there's somebody like Stephon Gilmore coming out of Dallas who played for Quinn and Witt last year. He's almost more valuable to me than Kendall Fuller in terms of incumbency, in terms of uh, continuity, because the continuity of players playing together 
who have played together before, if they're in a completely new system and environment, is kind of wiped away. And so what are we actually talking about when they have a league-leading amount of cap space? Uh, what are they actually going to spend it on? And that, that, to me, is where this gets super interesting. Like, what exactly do you want the commanders to spend on? And I think that there is something to the logic of nothing that's a long-term commitment. And at that point, you can afford some luxuries, like a veteran running back, if they're willing to take your money for a year and know that they're probably going to be a part of a, a not-as-good team. Um, as opposed to a guy, if Derrick Henry's like, you know what, I could get $18 million in Washington on a one-year deal and eat up a bunch of their cap space, which is actually helps them reach the salary floor, and know I'm a part of a rebuilding project and see how, where we stand in a year, or I can take $3 million and go to uh, Kansas City and know I'm going to compete for a Super Bowl. What's it worth to you? And I think that's that's the question that some of these running backs might have to ask. Uh, let's go to JT in D.C. JT, thanks for calling. You're on the Hoffman Show. Hey, how you doing, man? Doing well. What you got for us on free agency? Free agency, uh, just like the previous call, I, I would not. I, mean, I like everything that you're saying. It, it sounds good, but I, I would not touch any of those running backs. But I will go after uh, Patrick Queen. Uh, hard um, at the LB position from Baltimore. Sure, I think they'll end up franchise. I think they'll end up franchising uh, Matabuke. Uh, so I think he he should be uh, fair game. I also would go after Bryce Huff from the Jets, and uh, the last guy just man dropped off the tip of my tongue. Um, damn, happens to the best of us. Oh, Jay Jay Jalen Johnson. From uh, the yeah. corner from Chicago. Yeah. Uh, no, the DB there. Yeah, no, he's he's a good player. Um, appreciate the call, man. That's a, that's a good list. And and here's what I would say to JT and to anybody else who's got a list like that. If you hit those, those are guys that are long-term investments. Those are guys that you're spending money on because you're going in three years when we want to compete for a championship. They're going to be integral parts. And a guy like Queen is a culture setter. I don't dislike that. Um, I do wonder, is he a signal caller type? I feel like Roquan was the – I got to check. Um, I don't want to speak out of turn. But, like, if, is he a green dot guy? Because you've got Jamin Davis, at least for this year, not that that should necessarily stop you unless you think Jamin's uh, – unless you think Jamin's a huge part of your future. But Queen's a culture setter, changes your defense instantly. Um, he also has played in a 3-4. So what is he as a 4-3 Mike linebacker? Like, that is a different position, different ask, different needs. But I don't, I don't hate that idea. Jalen Johnson, like, does he fit your scheme? Does he fit what you want to do? Like, these are the questions that they've got to answer. Um, but there there are good players available, I guess, is, is ultimately, like, the point here. There are good players available. The question is, how do they fit in what Washington wants to do? And knowing that what Washington wants to do is, of course, win football games, but is also establish a culture and establish a way of playing and establish – um, a, a, an environment that can breed young players into the best that they can be in the long term. You had some good thoughts on uh, how Washington could potentially handle this uh, This whole we got a lot of money situation. Yeah, the, I actually liked your running back thought. Uh, yeah, I was initially thinking about Saquon Barkley, but then as I'm going through all the free agent lists, how about a good cheaper option, and it's staying in the NFC East, and Tony Pollard. I don't I, hate it. I mean, 
that guy, I think that guy is very underrated in terms of being a running back, and he's a great pass-catching running back, too. I, I think the idea of getting – so like putting Pollard back where he was when he was with Zeke, like prime Zeke and young Tony Pollard, like, yes, Tony Pollard proved last year not a pro- – or I just think he proved he was a number one back. I don't think he's a premier number one back. You put him in a rotation with Brian Robinson, now we're cooking. I think he would be better than Antonio Gibson. I agree. Yeah, no, I would I would say that he is a better speed, like out of the backfield back than AG. And I like AG, but I think if you if he's your third down, and he's more than a third down back, right? Like you can play him on first and second down, but like in that role of your pass catch, your JD McKissick plus your Antonio Gibson plus your Chris Thompson back in the day plus your better version of all those guys. Who, by the way, if you need to start, like you're you're not in a bad situation, but you can split carries with Chris Rodriguez. Like, I think that's a great pickup for much less money. But I I do think like the idea of spending on a running back, and like in a way you're zigging when everyone else zags. You can you can take advantage of a bit of a market inefficiency. And it, I would say also, Vic, did you see Pollard on McAfee's show at the Super Bowl? Uh, no. And I watched a lot of I watched a lot of his shows, but I did not see that. So Pollard, it had been at that point, what, like a week and a half, a week since Quinn got hired? Uh-huh. Pollard didn't know. Really? He, like, I don't know whether he was on vacation, but he, like, doesn't have social media. So it would be hilarious if Tony Pollard wound up playing for Dan Quinn in Washington after not knowing he had the job and was leaving Dallas for, like, a week after Dan Quinn had left Dallas. Well, if he ever joins the Commanders, hopefully he'll know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, buddy, did you know that uh, that Dan Quinn's the head coach here? He was the guy that coached defense in the last place you were. Yeah. And so that guy, that guy, that it's guy. Joe Witt. He was also there in Dallas with you, and now he's here. <laughs> That'd be a funny bit. Yeah. That would be good. All right. Uh, I like that idea. I like that idea. I like that more than any of the veteran. Like, I think they should sign, whether it's, I don't think Jacoby's going to want to come back. Like, I think Brissett's going to want to go somewhere that he feels like he can start. And maybe, you know, Cliff and them are like, look, we're going to draft a kid. This kid's going to replace you eventually. But unlike last year when you were told you're going to have a chance to win the job and didn't, like, unless this kid comes into camp and is amazing, you're starting for us. And if you win football games, you're going to stay the starter for us. So, you want that? Okay, cool. Here's another $10 million of Josh Harris's money. If that's the case, I think Jacoby might be interested. But I am definitely curious because he, like, him and he does know, like, Terry and John throws those guys well. So, like, there's some power and continuity there. But I do think they need to sign a vet to be in the room. Um, we'll see who that guy is. But that I, I like that more than, you know, going the Cousins path or whatever. And And I do – well, I think Cousins would be open to coming to Washington because it's a completely new regime and, like, any of the baggage is gone. I do tend to agree with Michael Phillips and what he said at the top of the hour, which is that situationally this doesn't feel like the right place for Cousins unless they can make massive investments in the draft and in free agency and other places to prove that they're ready to win next year.